0: Welcome to the Healthcare Now podcast, I'm Ron Rotman. Connected healthcare has been on the rise in recent years and has only been further exacerbated by the pandemic. Healthcare, and more specifically hospitals, have been undergoing large-scale digital transformations and the benefits can make a world of difference. Today joining us, Robert Barnes, who is the Senior Vice President of Energy and Digital Services, Furniture, Equipment and Design at Ellis Don, is joining us to chat about the rise of smart hospitals and what is the thought process that goes into building them. Robert, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So today we're going to talk about the rise of smart hospitals. With connectivity being more important than ever before, smart hospitals are really having their moment now. Can you share with us a little bit more about what goes into the thought process around developing and designing a smart hospital?
1: Absolutely. I think I think what people have to recognize is that the market is discussing, obviously in great detail, intelligent buildings and the implementation of technology within those buildings. And I think what people don't realize is that hospitals, healthcare facilities per se, have really been leading that technology change for a number of years. Um, Even in our own backyard, if we look at Oakville Trafalgar Memorial Hospital that went live in 2015, and at the time that was considered one of the smartest hospitals in, certainly in Canada and potentially in North America, And the use of technology within those hospitals at that time was significant. If we fast forward to 2020, 2021, that adoption of technology within the healthcare vertical has increased exponentially in my perspective. And that is reflected in the tools and the technologies that are being deployed within those facilities, whether they be location-grade real-time location systems that are using uh, the wireless network An example of that would obviously be Cisco Wireless and their CMX deployments um, around the whole concept of the converged network infrastructure, where both building systems and clinical systems are running on the same converged network and just virtually segmented using different VLANs. How that information is being shared across those technologies to drive use cases, and obviously we're you know globally we're in the middle of the pandemic here in North America, we're experiencing the fourth wave. So how can that technology be utilized to protect not only the patients that reside within those facilities, but also the healthcare workers and the maintenance people that are maintaining those facilities on a day-to-day basis, whether that be patient care again, whether that be maintaining the operation, cleaning the building, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we are seeing an adoption of that technology. We're working on a number of pursuits right now, uh, hospital pursuits per se. And in those hospital pursuits, obviously technology is, it's increasing in terms of the scope. And, and I think that's important, but I think it's important not only for companies like Ellis Dawn who are building and working on the design of those facilities to understand how that technology can be leveraged and then working with the authorities, the hospital authorities or the healthcare authorities to to show how that technology can be adopted and how that can benefit their overall operation.
0: Right. And it sounds like it's probably a phased approach. Like from day one, they couldn't put the latest and greatest technology in and have everything up and running by the time the hospital uh, opens at this stage and technology is always advancing. Um, what would you say to start off from a, uh, if we were to dive into technology first, like what, what's a good starting point from a technology, and, and I'm only taking this into consideration based on funding available or the, the amount of development that goes in, but what would you say would be the baseline framework or the basics from a technology standpoint that these hospitals could leverage today and then build off from there?
1: Absolutely. We, you know, we talk about that a lot with our clients. And from my perspective, first and foremost, you need that intelligent infrastructure. You need that conversion network. You need appropriate Wi-Fi or wireless system deployment and then your telephony systems, obviously VoIP-based systems. So that ability to exchange information and utilize those different systems to their full capabilities. So for us, we talk about the fact at the beginning, you have to make the investment in that intelligent infrastructure. And then you can start leveraging different applications, different use cases, and drive that off that infrastructure.
0: Now, one thing we've talked about on these, these podcasts and this series has always been security. Uh, what do you, is security going into this design process? Does, does a building system need the same security that an IT system does? Is that all taken into consideration?
1: Absolutely. I think that we've noticed that, or oh, we've seen certainly healthcare facilities are being targeted, I should say, by people that want to exploit and take advantage, hack those systems. So the security of the technology is paramount. And, and that is only going to continue. That is not dissipating by any stretch of the imagination. So having that converged network, having the appropriate access controls around that network, having the proper firewall, malware, um, that's critical and i think that the the appropriate rigor is being put around that both from a design perspective but also from an operational perspective so hospitals are realizing understand what the threat is they leverage the technology and then develop their standard operating procedures around that to ensure that the appropriate integrity and security is in place we talk we you know And I don't care whether that's a clinical system or whether that is a a building system like building automation or lighting control. All of those systems have to be protected from external threats. And then there's the education element that goes with the individuals that are utilizing that technology within the facility. We all have a role to play and we all have responsibilities associated with maintaining that security.
0: Right. And I can also imagine the the, the multiple the the increasing number of devices, be it, you know, building system devices, security cameras, and even IoT devices are all points of entry for security. So it has to go even more. We have to build up effective barriers in cybersecurity to to prevent any attacks coming in from any of those. So no no port can be left untouched, I guess.
1: Absolutely and I think it's interesting right people have a perspective that if I don't have tech, technology within my building I'm being protected and, and that really isn't the case and we've seen that across different market segments. So I have a building automation system, but that building automation system has remote access through an un, you know through an a unmanaged modem because my supplier needs to access it remotely to, to be able to address problems. that's probably a bigger threat than having a converged building network and having the appropriate security layers protecting that network, because you have visibility over what is taking place. Whereas in some of these unmanaged situations, the operator or the owner of that asset may not even know that that's in place. That decision was made at a much lower level, never got in front of their security t- team or their IT team. It got implemented for good reasons in terms of support, but no one was thinking about what that meant from a security standpoint and what it, what that was exposing to them, them to.
0: Right. It's always easy to blame the HVAC guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you've seen it time security. and time again,
1: right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's sure. a common theme.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously a lot of planning goes into a smart hospital and many parties are involved and project co-companies get created. Can you share a little bit about the process of how much time you need to plan? What goes into the process? What kind of barriers do, um, do you encounter at times and, and what kind of challenges?
1: I think the biggest challenge is the speed at which technology is changing. So certainly in the Ontario market, most of our hospitals are built using the P3 model, whether that's a design, build, finance, maintain, design, build, finance, whatever the situation may be. In those scenarios, a very prescriptive document is constructed or developed that companies have to bid on, companies like ourselves. and what I see is when you read those sauces, they don't take into account necessarily because they may have been written 12 to 24 months ago, they don't take into account necessarily the rapid change at which technology is taking place. So you have to work with those health authorities and there's an education process back and forth. You know, what are they trying to achieve clinically versus what the technology can do today? And I think the bigger challenge too is that that technology and that smart building touches nearly every aspect of the project. You know, you mentioned HVAC, you mentioned lighting control. Well, more and more, and certainly, in, you know, it's not going to change. Those systems are being con- connected to that network. The use cases that we're seeing from the health authorities to improve their clinical flow is touching or leveraging information or abilities from those systems. So I think there has to be a there is a i guess the first question is how much effort goes into it a significant amount of effort goes into it but there's no one person that understands everything so it very much has to be a collaborative effort between your design consultants between your architects between your technical resources between your building system um, experts between your clinical experts or you're bringing together a vast number of people a vast amount of understanding and learning and leveraging that and implementing the best design possible from a technology perspective. And it's 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 challenging. There's no question of that. But there are enough good people and good companies out there that have worked through these processes that it just continues to get better with every project. And I think the demand is only increasing. I mean, I like to tell the story of if you looked at I'm just pulling numbers out of my head. If I looked at the scope for ICAT, Information Communication Automation Technology, on an Oakville-Trafalgar Memorial Hospital, for example, built five years ago, let's say the budget was $5 million. If we look at hospitals that are being built today of similar size, similar complexity, they're north of $20 million, $25 million, et cetera. Right? So you're seeing that exponential growth by the authority in the investment in the technology.
0: And is the ROI there? Like, are we at the point where people are sacrificing technology decisions and efforts to have more ICU beds, for example, what we're going to now? Like, are are we seeing the ROI there today?
1: I think it's very difficult to quantify the ROI, but when you talk to the healthcare authorities, I think the feeling is that they need to be able to improve how effectively their resources or clinical teams can work. And one of the most one of the easiest ways, well, not necessarily easy, but one of the ways to do that is to leverage the technology. So there is a lot of discussion. I've got a call this afternoon that that really start digging into use cases and how can those use cases can be deployed and those use cases for the most part are dependent on the underlying technologies are dependent on that intelligent infrastructure to be able to do to be able to produce the end result that the client is looking for
0: great use cases on all those and that's a great segue into our next discussion on a specific example Grove's memorial community hospital we can talk about that for a minute Alice Dawn was brought in as part of the ICAD development and the construction partner to help support the what's called the digitization of the business processes, help improve clinical workflows for the staff, and most importantly, ultimate result in better patient care. Tell us a little bit about the background of Groves Memorial Community Hospital, how you guys were brought in, and um, what you were able to achieve.
1: Absolutely. So... For those that don't know, Groves Memorial Community Hospital is located in Fergus, Ontario. So they had an existing hospital that was located in downtown Fergus, right on the river, but it was physically constrained. They really did have no, they had no room for expansion and the facility itself, although very well maintained, uh, was becoming dated. So the decision was made to construct a new hospital on the west side of the city um, and it was... It maintains the name of Crows Memorial Community Hospital. It's a 44-bed Greenfield Hospital. And Elliston competed. It was a P3, design, build, finance. There was no maintain or operational requirements associated with that bid. And we were the winning proponent. And it was, it was constructed by our Southwestern Ontario construction team based out of London, Ontario. And Elliston Energy and Digital Services, which is the team I represent, was supporting the construction team from a technology standpoint and it's interesting people tend to discount it simply because it is located in a rural setting but the reality is i would argue that the technology that has been deployed at that hospital is best of breed and would revival whatever you would see in any major urban center and it it is all standardized at their direction on cisco technology so Cisco wired, wireless, and VoIP systems, all Unified Call Manager.
0: And how close did you work with the Cisco team in terms of developing that that uh, that design and the use of technology?
1: Uh, very market? closely. So, you know, as you know, we would be working with the account managers and the sales engineers to be able to understand how that technology could be leveraged and how it could be implemented for the success, not only of the construction team, but also success for the client moving forward because they would be operating that technology on a go-forward basis. Um, We developed very close relationships with the uh, CIO and the director of technology and their team on that implementation. Um, And I think it was very successful. It certainly was from our perspective. Um, It was a challenging project because you you talked about the clinical workflows and, and the sophistication or the complexity associated with that. And it was groundbreaking in terms of what they wanted to be able to achieve and the efficiencies they wanted to be able to drive for their clinical teams, um, certainly their frontline workers. and But it also involved their operations, their security teams, et cetera. So it was very involved, very detailed. Um, and we made the decision in the build process that we wanted to implement a customized integration engine in order to be able to support the requirements that the authority was looking for. And that was no easy task, and we worked very closely with the authority on that. And at the end of the day, we were successful in implementing it, implementing that technology, but also successful in implementing or meeting those use case requirements.
0: Now, is that your integrated, and I stress ED at the end in Capitals, is that the platform, the Next Generation Alarm and Event Manager platform?
1: Absolutely, and uh, very proud of the work that we did at Groves. And that
0: the first install of it and, and feedback's been good?
1: Absolutely. Um, the feedback has been excellent. And in fact, the Groves team is very, very supportive of the technology. They've invited other hospitals and other healthcare authorities to tour and see what was done and how they applied those use cases. And I'm very pleased to announce that West Park Health Park Center will also be installing integrated as their integration engine. Very excited about that deployment because we will be integrating directly to Apple iOS devices within that facility.
0: That's excellent. Amazing. Congratulations on that. And uh, certainly build upon on the success and what we're seeing at one hospital is replicated at another. And um, I mean, all all these technologies are really exciting. It sounds like we're on the frontier of something really uh, remarkable and that uh, hospitals are no longer those community, um, large buildings with beds and patient care, but a kind of a a mecca technology um, connected structure, monolithic structure. How do we know that what we're building today based on technology? I know you guys are using the latest and greatest. Are we future ready with what we're putting in place today? Are we giving them enough of a, a, a step or a phase approach that they can build on no matter what technology comes their way? Because we don't know what the future is
1: bringing. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's one of our key messaging is that if I'm an owner or an operator of a facility, and I know that I'm going to be maintaining that facility for the next 30 to 50 years, whatever the life cycle of that asset may be. I want to ensure that I am future-proofing that asset or making that asset future-ready as you using your terminology. Um, and I think that all circles back again to ensuring that intelligent infrastructure is deployed either during the build or renovation phase, depending on what the project type may be. But... Once you have that in place, once you have that standards implemented, then you're in a position to start taking advantage of new technologies as they come forward. And we're seeing that, I think, every single day. And that's why you know, our partnership with Cisco is so important to us is because that technology is future ready. Yes, new, tech, new hardware, new, new applications can come forward. But as long as we've got that basis of design in place, then we can leverage that. And I think that that is definitely critical.
0: Right. And I guess before the pandemic, we were, we were trying to figure out what's the best way to leverage technology to do more within a hospital wall. And now post-pandemic, we're looking at what's going on outside of the hospital walls and are we moving into you know, community clinics, family doctors, or even in-home care? Um, what are you seeing in terms of hospital design that might extend outside of the hospital walls?
1: That's a good question. I don't think necessarily I have a great deal of insight into that other than what we're seeing in terms of the advancement around the ability to deliver healthcare virtually. Uh, So we're working on a project right now in Richmond Hill where they want to be able to provide care for indigenous communities in the far north as well as uh, Labrador. And so they want to ensure that the technologies that are, they're implementing or will be implementing in the next 12 months has that capability and has that capacity to deliver that healthcare to where their patients are necessarily located. If they don't need to come to the hospital for care, then can I triage, can I do what I need to do virtually? And and that really seems to be the movement. And there's a, there's been a tremendous amount of progress from my perspective done on that front during the pandemic. And I think that's where you start to see the ability to take care of, uh, you know, leverage, you know, tools like Cisco's Webex and VoIP technologies to be able to deliver that. And obviously the ability to have your CCTV or camera equipment on the network, providing the quality of image that you require. We, we have a saying within our team in, in terms of follow the network. And, and what we mean by that is more and more, and I think you touched on this earlier, more and more end devices are being connected to the network but they're also being connected to the network and also then becoming through POE technology, receiving that power through the network. So, I mean, I don't know if there's a CCTV camera today that isn't digital and isn't POE enabled, um, access control or card readers, right? POE, uh, connected to the network, more and more devices are going to go that route, both from a base building standpoint and from a clinical perspective. And, You know, we're starting to see that advancement where we used to have very specific wireless handheld devices being deployed to a clinician within a hospital, but now you're starting to see a movement away from that to pure Android or iOS devices and the ability then to start leveraging or deploying applications on those phones for use, whether it's the maintenance person or whether it is a doctor or whether it is a, a clinical staff. They can deliver better patient care with more information.
0: Right. I mean, it, it's going to be amazing what's to come in the future, and I know we're laying the right footprint today to prepare ourselves for for any kind of you know connected device or any kind of new uh, workflow or persona that might need to connect in the hospital. So it, it's exciting times. Uh, we're almost at of time here. I want to wrap up. Uh, thank you very much for your time today. You've given us great insight on the development around smart hospitals, the technology thought process, the integration's key, and congratulations on the the West Park Initiative as well. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Great having you, Robert. Uh, To our listeners, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Ron Rotman, and this has been Healthcare Now.